0: Driven mofos. I wanted to mention something that means a lot to me. When I was younger, everyone doubted me and their doubts became my doubts. Their fears fested inside my mind and I hated myself as I knew I could do so much more in life. I just didn't know where to start and failure would reinforce what a loser I already believed I was. If it wasn't for listening to audios just like this, which I spent tens of thousands of dollars on, I would have probably ended it all. I know that there are so many people out there who feel this way and are holding themselves back from greatness. So if I could ask just one favor today, it would be that you share this podcast with just one person, as it may make all the difference and start them on a new path. Part of the reason why we have an identity crisis is because part of what we identify ourselves with is getting fucked up. The most driven people in the world want to build great empires and leave a great legacy. This podcast, The Underestimated Entrepreneur, is my attempt at documenting the lessons I'm learning on my way to building a $100 million empire that helps people perform better in life and business. My hope is that you use these lessons to live a kick ass life while building your own empire and leaving a powerful legacy. I hope you share and enjoy. This is a behind the scenes special series from a live training that I did with our Mojo Insiders group on enhancing self discipline and staying empowered. These are eight powerful tips to create unconscious change. I hope you enjoy this three-part series. This is part one of this three-part series. Remember to share this episode if you enjoyed it. You can watch the whole interview live on our YouTube channel at MichaelMojo00 on YouTube. Welcome everybody. Welcome to, I think this might be the first or the second training we have done for the Mojo Insiders group. And I thought tonight it would be a great night to talk about self-discipline and staying empowered. And so I know that for most people, most people have goals, most people want to achieve things, most people want to create better habits, but I also know that it is extremely hard to change those habits. And I think that most people think self-discipline is the key, which it does have a fair bit to do with it. Um, What I wanted to do tonight was to talk about some of the research that is available around self-discipline, around staying empowered, and what it really takes and what are some of the things that can really screw it up. There is a lot of studies out there and a lot of information out there that says that people just naturally lack willpower and that there are some people who have a lot of willpower and there are those who don't. Now, as someone who grew up having things like ADHD or ADD, You know, my teachers used to tell me all the time that I had ADD. My parents used to say it as well. I've never been diagnosed, but I sure as shit know after studying a lot about it that I probably, if I went to go get diagnosed, I probably would have it. I would probably bet a lot of money on it because I have a lot of the patterns of behavior around ADHD. So that sort of way of thinking and behaving or whether you want to be called diagnosed ADHD, normally you'll find people like that normally lack self-discipline and lack self-empowerment or staying empowered. And they'll tend to be quite erratic and bounce around between things. And so I've struggled with this for a long, long time. Hence why I've done so much personal development and personal growth work because I really wanted to find out how I could better myself. And what I know about this community and the people who are listening in, what I know is that if you're part of our community, you're probably someone who wants to do a lot better in life, as was I at 21 years of age where you know I thought life Can't really get any worse, so I might as well have a crack and start doing some personal development stuff, much to the dismay of a lot of my friends and family who thought that all this stuff was bullshit. But in saying that, now I would probably be the top performing one of my friends in that friendship circle, that old friendship circle, i probably make the most money. Actually, i probably definitely make the most money. I think my lifestyle is pretty good. I enjoy what I do. And I think the same would be or could be said with my family as well. Definitely make the most money out of all the people in my family. And not that it's just about money, but it's also about lifestyle and doing what you love. So what I know is that there is a lot that you can do around personal development and personal growth that can really help you to change the way you think about things and change the way you behave. And so tonight, I just wanted to share some of the key research, key bits of research around self-discipline and staying empowered. Some of the things that have helped me, some of the things that I'm still working on. Personal development and personal growth is a never-ending thing that you just commit to for the rest of your life, just like going to the gym it's one thing to do a 12-week gym program and lose weight. But if you're not on that program for the rest of the 40-something weeks of the year, or if it's a 12-week program, it's 40 weeks of the year. So if you're not looking after yourself for 40 weeks of the year and not going to the gym, the chances that you are going to maintain those results are going to be slim to none. And so that's why those 12-week challenges in most cases work for a short period of time, but then stop working. And a lot of the research shows that for the people out there who enter those 12-week challenges, most people will convince themselves that if they just do the 12-week challenge, that they will change their habits, they will change their behaviors, and afterwards, they will go back to operating in some normality and they won't be as hardcore. But the problem is that they are setting up a big polarity for themselves, and so it tends not to work. If we think about things in a longer scale and a longer format, it tends to work a lot better. And that's where Thrive Time and getting really, really clear especially the last 2 years of thrive time now that you create your own success map for life which works on three key pillars the first pillar is fulfillment the second pillar is direction and the third pillar is performance psychology those three pillars and 11 steps put together help you to have direction help you to feel fulfilled and also to achieve the life and the goals that you want but what you'll find is that with every level of growth there is just a new level of problems and you'll hear me talk about something called noospheres in a noosphere, a noosphere is essentially a sphere of mind. Now, it was hypothesized by D. Killard D. Chidin, I think his name was, or something like that. And what he stated was that we move through these spheres of evolution, these spheres of growth. And just like the Geosphere or the Biosphere, which is the life sphere, so when you think about biology, the Biosphere has an impact on the Geosphere. So the Geosphere is inanimate rock, And the biosphere evolves over the top of the geosphere. That biosphere then changes and alters the rock, which then now changes the way that the landscape is of Earth. Then what he hypothesized or he spoke about was that there are these newospheres, and the newospheres is a sphere of intelligence. That sphere of intelligence then impacts and controls the biosphere, which the biosphere then impacts the geosphere. So humans have this ability to control biology, but also have the ability to control the geosphere. So if you have a look out at nature, we can control most animals, we have the ability to control what we do, and we can also change the earth, should we choose to, which we have already anyway. But what he said is that there are these new which are spheres of intelligence. So as you grow and evolve as an individual, you go through these new spheres of intelligence. And that made me realize that throughout our life, we essentially are just in school and we learn some lessons and then we get given a test. Should we pass the test, we go to the next newosphere. And this is where we have identity crisis. So normally for those who have done Thrive Time, I know sometimes you'll reach out to me and you'll say, you know, everything's falling apart. It feels like nothing's working. I've read on my values, I've read on my mission. Life's turned to shit and I don't know what to do. What's happened there is that normally you're starting to break away and dissolve old parts of yourself because you're busting through a new level of evolution. And if we think about it like a new sphere or an information sphere, we're essentially at grade one and we're pushing out into grade two, but we've had to have a test that we're going through now, which feels like everything's falling apart and life's turned to shit, in order for us to learn what we need to learn so we can push out to that next new sphere. Now, in that next new sphere, the same thing happens again, where we cruise along for a while, we learn a whole bunch of lessons, we sort of cruise for a little bit, and then as we keep pushing towards growth and growing to that next stage of evolution, what will happen is we get tested again. If we get the test and we pass the test based on our learnings, we then go through an identity crisis and we go to level three. Now I'm just using levels as an example because I think when you're a growth-driven individual, you might go through these newosphere spheres every six to 12 months. So if you're somebody who is pushing hard for personal growth, About every six to 12 months, you'll feel like shit just starts falling apart again. But what you're doing is you're shedding layers. Just like a snake sheds its skin in order to grow into the next evolution of itself, we also have to shed parts of ourselves. It might be shedding friendships. It might be shedding thought processes. It also might be shedding emotional ways that we deal with things. It might be shedding some of our behaviors and some of our habits. But that shedding is quite uncomfortable. Just like if you see a snake that can't shed its skin properly, and it gets jammed up in there, it's really painful and it's really uncomfortable for the snake because it can't break through and it can't get rid of the skin. Once it peels the skin off, then it's good to grow again. Crabs do the same thing. Crustaceans, they will drop their shells, hence how you get soft-shell crab, but they drop their shells in order to create a new shell, that new hard outer layer as the animal grows. We go through the same process in our own psyche, in our own psychology. So it's important to realize that we have these stages of evolution if you believe in the theory that's presented about noospheres, which I think is pretty accurate. Whether it's scientifically proven or not, I don't really know whether it will be proven or available to be proven. It's just a theory, part of a philosophy, but it makes sense. When we're thinking about self-discipline and staying empowered, we have to remember that for every level of self-discipline and feeling self-powered, we will go through a stage where we feel really strong, really confident, really powerful because we've learned a whole bunch of lessons and we're feeling confident with those lessons. As we evolve and we grow and we go through that new neurosphere where we start to shed parts of ourselves, we start to break through. And part of the reason why we have an identity crisis is because part of what we identify ourselves with is getting fucked up. Okay, that's really what it is. And so that's why you have an identity crisis. Because if you call yourself disciplined, and now you're going through this stage of feeling undisciplined, you're breaking through to that new level and you're feeling undisciplined, but at the same time, you're learning how to own the trait of being undisciplined as well as being disciplined at that level. So part of that screws with your own head because you're trying to figure out, well, who am I? I feel lost. I don't know who I am because I identified this way, but I'm not just that anymore, so I don't know what I am. And what you'll notice is that some of your goals shed, you might find that some of your values shift and change. That's all part of the process of growth and evolution. Hence why the stuff that you learn at Thrive Time is probably one of the greatest things you'll ever learn in the area of your own mindset and your psyche. Because if you just utilize those tools, you can go back to them through those stages, do some processes and help the process move through that identity crisis into that new newosphere. If not, you'll get stuck there. Now, what I noticed, this is how I identified with it. Because when it first happened to me, Well, the first time I was really aware of it, I was all confused. I was like, I know that I've got these big goals. I've got a big mission. I'm clear with my values and I'm living my values. But I wake up, I'm uninspired. I'm not driven towards anything. I feel like shit. I'm overeating food. I'm not training. I'm not doing the things that used to make me feel good about myself. And now I feel like shit because everything that I used to use as a self-sabotage pattern to drive me back towards my values wasn't working. So what we call self-sabotage is just a strategy to try to get us back in alignment with our values. There is no such thing as self-sabotage. No living organism self-sabotages. We just have a strategy to try to get us back into our values. So a great example of this is, I noticed that for Jess and myself, we work quite a lot, we work a shitload. But Jess has her office, I have my office. Now, my second highest value is connection. So if I'm not connecting with people, I feel like I'm a bit lost. And what I notice is that sometimes I'll sit in my office for two to three days and I'm just working flat out. Throughout the day, I'll pop into Jess's office, say, hi, we might quickly dinner together and then we'll get back to work. If this happens for an extended period of time, I might try to connect with Jess. Now, Jess has a lower value of social connection or connection or our relationship. What I notice is that if I don't get attention from her, I will start an argument, which I might call self-sabotage but it's not really self-sabotage, it's trying to drive me back in alignment with my values because I'm trying to get my values met through connection. Now, I know that an argument isn't the best way of getting connection, but I also know it's better than not getting connection. So it's actually, even though I call it self-sabotage, it's driving me back towards my values. So when I was thinking about these stages of evolution and the newospheres, what I realized is that even when I would try these self-sabotage patterns, I would still feel like shit and I still felt lost. And that's because my identity of who I believed I was was being shattered so that I could grow into the next evolution of myself. So my suggestion is for anyone out there who's going through an identity crisis where you feel lost and nothing seems to work and you've got your values clear and your mission, just keep chipping away a little bit with some processes. Make sure you're really clear with your mission again. Double check that you are living your values and prioritizing them, and then just chill the fuck out for a couple of weeks. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Don't try to create too many goals, just chill. Your brain needs to integrate a whole bunch of new ideas, new concepts, new thoughts, and it's integrating everything. And it's going to take a couple of weeks for you to pop through. The longest one I've had takes about six weeks, and that was really stressful, especially for someone that was driven. And then I lost all my drive. I felt like I couldn't be bothered doing anything. I was waking up late. I was going to bed early. I was just sleeping a lot, watching some shitty TV and just doing the bare minimum in the business. But that six weeks was enough to just push me through to that next level and I became a different person. And you'll probably see me now, like if you go back and you watch the videos from two years ago, I would talk really, really fast. I still do. But I used to talk really, really fast. I was quite erratic. I'm just different now. I'm a lot different. A lot calmer. I don't really stress too much. You know, I just get shit done these days. Which has helped me evolve into a better leader and a better manager in the business. And businesses has been doing a lot better because of it. But going through that six-week period of losing all my drive was really, really tough. Driven mofos. I'm guessing that you found out about this podcast because someone shared it with you, posted it on their Insta stories, tweeted it or something like that. I hope you're enjoying the podcast and getting a heap of value from it, just like those who shared it with you. As you know, I don't run any paid ads or sponsorship on this podcast, as it's my goal to get good information out to the world for free. The only thing that I'd ask from you is that you continue to pay it forward by sharing this episode and letting others know about what we do in this podcast so that we can keep growing this amazing community of driven mofos. So please keep the good karma rolling and share this episode with someone or just share it on your socials. So now, the question is, what does this have to do with enhancing self-discipline and staying empowered? Because when we're thinking about self-discipline, you'll have times of feeling disciplined and times of feeling undisciplined. You'll have times of feeling empowered and times of feeling disempowered, depending on where you're at in your own evolution, okay, and where you're at in those new spheres. But what we wanna think about is if we wanna get better results in our life, we need to understand what self-discipline is and what staying empowered means in the american psychological association they did an annual survey and what they found was that participants regularly cited willpower as the number one reason why they don't follow through on self-change so essentially people are setting goals they know that they want to grow they want to evolve they want to do something better in their life whether it's a diet and lose some weight whether it's to improve their health outcomes whether it might be to get a relationship or improve their relationship maybe not have arguments Not be a dick in their own business, you know, manage people more effectively, whatever it is, that all these participants regularly cited willpower as the number one reason why they don't follow through on changing themselves. Okay, so I found that quite interesting. So this comes from the American Psychological Association on their annual stress survey. So tonight, what I wanted to do was I really wanted to go through and talk about what willpower is, how we can understand it, and how we can assess it. And some of the really simple tools that you can implement immediately, like you'll be able to implement stuff immediately after I do this talk tonight. So if you haven't already got a notepad, I highly recommend that you grab a notepad. So eight powerful tools to create and stay disciplined. The first thing that you'll find is that when you want to create greater willpower, you have to have a reason to have willpower. Now, I know that it sounds really, 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 really fucking obvious. But what happens is that when most people go to change a habit or they go to set a goal, What most people do, or don't do, is that they're not clear on the reasons why. Like, let's say it's lose weight. Someone goes, I wanna lose weight because I feel like shit. I look in the mirror, I don't like myself. But that's not really a good reason. It's normally wrapped up around an external motivator. That external motivator might be that people judge me, people criticize me. It might be that you have negative self-talk towards yourself, which could be the implanted values of others. So you're not really doing it for you, you're doing it externally, you're doing it for something outside of yourself. What you've got to do is the first thing is to figure out why it is important for you, okay? And you've got to have clear, very, very clear understanding as to why it is important. So willpower researcher, Rod Bowmeister, who's a PhD of psychology in Florida State University, stated that you need to have clear motivation in order to create consistent change, okay? And I know, like I said, it sounds obvious, but what I know is that 99% of people who come to Thrive Time? Now, this is just me making up a percentage, but it's almost fucking everybody. Isn't mission driven? They're goal driven. And it was Dr. John D. Martini, who we were just chatting on, just a, a call that we were having. He said to me, the day that I became mission driven versus goal driven, everything in my life changed, and that etched and burnt in my brain. I read our company mission every day, so every day on our team meetings now, as a business. We talk about the company's mission, why? Because it reminds staff of why we exist, why we're here and why we do what we do. You know, our mission is to create a bunch of businesses that help people perform better. Now that's in business, in mindset, in health, in relationships, in business, like all these things that I'm creating at the moment, there's stuff that I'm starting to put together for charitable organizations to be able to use some of the mental health tools that I have to be able to help with the mental health crisis, supposedly that we've got going on, right through to health clinics, that I'm starting to work with at the moment to be able to have a greater impact on people's health. But I remind staff every day, this is why we do what we do. Because what it does is it creates greater willpower and a greater reasoning for the team to want to do their work and want to push hard and to want to achieve. So our purpose as a business is to help people perform better. Again, we talk about it every day. So if you want to become mission-driven, you need to look at your mission every day. So my mission in life is to create businesses that help people to perform better, which is why our business one is the same, because that's what I love to do. That's all I think about is helping people perform better. Something that you may not know about me is that when you talk to me, I don't really care about your problems. All I see is that you have the potential of being so much greater than what you give yourself credit for. I also try to listen to figure out what your values are. I listen to the imbalances that you have going on that are probably creating some of those barriers and are holding you back. And then my goal is just to help you get there. I don't really judge people, don't really give a fuck. Like I've worked with people who've done some crazy shit and all I see is a person who has the ability to do way better than what they even think of themselves. That's what I see. That's also the reason why Jess will not allow me to hire people anymore. Because when I used to hire people, I would give people opportunities because I could see their potential. That's a really fucking bad strategy if you're wanting to build a business because I just give people opportunities that probably shouldn't have them. But that's how I used to hire because I see that. So when it comes back to you understanding your mission, make sure you are super clear with your mission and your purpose because without those two things, it is very, very hard to create the discipline to change consistently and the discipline to evolve, the discipline to break old habits, the discipline to create new habits. And as you grow and as you evolve as a person, you're creating new habits and you're destroying old habits or you're reinforcing old habits. So every second of every day, we're creating new habits, or we're reinforcing old habits. So if we wanna change a habit, we've got to create a new habit and not do the old habit because what it's doing is it's firing and wiring circuits in our brain. Every time our brain thinks, I should just do that, and you say, no, I have a greater mission, I have a greater purpose to not do that thing anymore. Your brain then now starts to become weaker in the old pattern and when you think about what I would rather be doing instead, and you've got a better strategy and you wanna do something different, your brain then will fire and wire that new strategy and over time that becomes a new habit. But that new habit will eventually become an old habit and you call that a hindrance. So if you think throughout your life, you have probably been creating new habits a lot, but those new habits are destroying old habits, but those old habits were once new habits. Okay, so we're always changing. Now, if you don't change and you're very predictable, then you're gonna keep getting the same results. Something that I mention quite a lot to Jess when we talk about it, I say that if someone can say, Michael is this way in 10 years, then I haven't fucking changed. So if people can describe me in 10 years, I haven't changed. I still hear people say, you know, Michael's erratic, he gets angry and frustrated quite a lot. That used to be me. That's not me anymore. I'm pretty calm. I can use those tools. I can get angry when I need to be angry and I can get frustrated when I need to be frustrated. But these days I'm pretty calm. I'm pretty chilled out. I just get shit done. I'm pretty patient, although I'm patiently impatient. And that's because I don't want the ability for people to describe me how I was, because if I'm that same person, I haven't changed. So if people can describe you and the person you were 20 years ago is the person you are today, it's because you're not changing. And we want to change, okay? Because things that don't grow in nature die, okay? We want to keep growing. It's really important as well because the aging process forces us to change. I noticed that with my exercise routine, I've had to change quite a lot over the last five to 10 years because my body didn't respond the same way as it did when I was 21. But I'm fitter, stronger, and probably more healthier than what I was when I was 21, and that's just because I keep altering and changing. Same thing for you as well. If you want to keep changing, you have to keep adapting. So we've got to have that motivation. We've got to have a bigger reason. If the reason is, I want to give up smoking because it just makes me feel like shit, not a big enough reason. The reason is I want to have longevity so that I can see my kids grow up. I want to see my grandkids. I want to be able to make an impact. Therefore, I want to give up smoking because it just doesn't suit me anymore. It doesn't serve its purpose anymore. Every habit that we have serves a purpose. There is no such thing as a self-destructive behavior. It may seem like it's self-destructive, but you've got conflicting goals. You've got conflicting ideas. You're saying, I want to change because I know that there's something that I can be doing so much better. But at the moment, I've got this old habit that keeps popping up that's been reinforced that I used to have benefits to. Those benefits aren't working anymore, but I still perceive that that habit has more benefit than change. Because if you perceive that your old habits, they've still got greater benefits than the new habits you're trying to create, they won't change. And I'll talk more about that in a little bit about how to break that. So the first thing you want to do is you want to get clearly aligned with your mission your purpose and your top three values. So if you want to be really disciplined, get a big mission and get it really, really clear. And don't bullshit yourself. Okay, in the new updated Thrive Time, which is now about two years old, if you haven't done Thrive Time in the last two years, you've probably got the old Thrive Time. But in there, what I say is start with the visions first. Your brain has these visions that keep popping up. Okay, they'll keep popping up. You want to record and document those visions if they're consistent. Because what that's telling you is that something is important. If you document them, it makes the mission easier. So for me, I think about traveling all around the world in luxury, speaking with the biggest speakers on the planet and the top experts in their field. I love learning and hanging out with those types of people. I love grabbing that information and integrating it and then figuring out how it works with what I know and then sharing it to the masses. That's what I love to do. So I think about that all the time. I have visions that pop up. In the morning when I wake up, they're there. I think about other shit as well, but they're the visions that pop up. So I want to document them and record them. I think about myself standing on stage in front of 10,000 people. I think about the charitable organization that I would love to set up by the end of this year to help emergency services with things like PTSD and stuff like that, that can use some of the tools and some of the knowledge that I have and train other people to run that. You know, They're the things that I think about. I think about helping business owners have a bigger impact and their ability to create an amazing business. I think about that all the time. So I wanna document those visions. Then from there, I think, what are their commonalities? And what I do is I grab that and I put that into a mission. And the mission should be short, sharp, and shiny. Back in the old days, I used to have this big, long, you know, three-page mission that had everything on there. It's too much. It just needs to be really, really simple. The more simple the mission is, the more it'll etch in your brain and the more you'll be able to remind yourself of it. So once you're clear with your mission, then you go and look at your values you need to get really clear with your top three values. I've found the best values test that I've ever come across is the one that I currently use in ThriveTime, And that is where you document your week and you write down the key common things that you do every week, week after week. And then what you do is you assess the values from those things that you do. Because most people convince themselves and they think that their values are their values, but they're not really their values. Because if you're broke, you'll be thinking about money all the time because you're in flight, fight and freeze mode you're essentially in survival mode. So you don't wanna be thinking about what you're currently thinking about when you're doing your values. What you wanna do is look at what your life demonstrates. Your life demonstrates your values. You know, if you work 30, or let's say you work 45 hours a week, then probably work, career, business, or wealth creation or money is important to you. Now, most people say, yeah, but it's it's just a means to an end. It's just, you know, I'm working because I wanna support my family. But if you're spending two hours a week with family and 45 hours a week working, Work is actually a higher priority and a higher value than family is. If not, you'd spend more time with family. Now, this doesn't mean that you wanna kill your family. It just means that you prioritize your career over family. Now, in a crisis, that will change. So if you run out of money, money will become a priority for a short period of time. But when you get enough money to just pay your bills, you'll go back to living your values and then all that will happen is you'll be in crisis mode again financially. And this is why most people get stuck financially because they have their values incorrect. So your life demonstrates your values, okay? So you wanna get really, really clear with your mission, your top three values and your purpose. This is the starting framework of really developing empowering habits and also making sure that you're creating empowering change and staying very disciplined. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember to tune in tomorrow for the next part of this three-part series plus our bonus Q&A. If you enjoyed this episode, Please rate this podcast by clicking the stars at the top of the podcast home screen and follow to get notified of new episodes.